Hey everybody, welcome back to the Combat Chain. I am your host, Patrick. Pack fresh, so I must be a 10 Shaw. And with me as always is my co-host, Adam. Even my quicken tokens are slab Philip Chuck. Adam, how are we doing today? Hey Pat, we're doing good. Uh glad to be here. Uh excited to uh excited to have uh uh Matt Rogers on the episode today. So excited! This is like a like a fanboy moment. I thought I had fanboy with Brendan Patrick on, but felt like felt like that was that was less celebrity. Now we got we got the guy from <laughs> of Flesh and Blood for the last however long it's been out three years now. So it's gonna be it's gonna be quite quite good. Um, how's your how's your uh, how's your how's your week been so far in in playing cards? I haven't touched cards like i have my cards next to me that i touch but i've been taking this break from actually playing so seriously that now i've got like the itch and now i'm like i wonder if the cards think about me uh when i'm not near them so can you can you tell me some some experience you've had this week about touching actual cards and playing some games uh i'm in the same boat as you pat i've uh, i've had some life <laughs> stuff come up recently and that's kind of um that's been taking precedence so i i think in like the i haven't been to like a game night or an armory in like over a week now um it's like the have you been on talishar i i haven't even fired up talishar man oh man i played a couple games on talishar but it's really like it kind of starts to desensitize you this is why i didn't like magic online and why i'm like not a big arena guy because it, it feels the same if you get oversaturated with it, it becomes like less special in a way. You know what I mean? In a sense. Yeah, I, I can um, say I am. I there's an armory tomorrow night on marked on my calendar, and I'm like I'm after how everything's been going lately. I that I'm that's a, a must attend. So I'm I'm getting uh, a, a at least looking forward to a good dose of of flicking cards here in the in the near future. I also am. I have a uh armory on sunday that i haven't been i have not been to us nats was it so i've been cold turkey on playing any kind of cards since us nats and so sunday um also because of some life uh stuff that got in the way i i intended on going on regular sundays but just haven't been able to and now i'll be able to uh get get in there uh so before we get into that stuff i do have one little a shout out to give uh, it is a hashtag fab dad story. We have some fab dads that listen. Uh, if you, if you want to, there's uh, I'll post it on the combat chain uh, Twitter, but we have a fab dads discord for all you fab dads out there. Uh, but my little guy, four years old, uh, broke his ankle uh, just, oh, no. just about a month ago. So they call it a toddler fracture. So I guess the bone doesn't like literally break, but the growth plates move. Right. Turns out they make the tiniest little walking boots for four-year-olds. It is the most adorable thing, but it has driven him just crazy to be in it. And uh, he went to the doctor today and got it taken off. So shout out to my little guy, Peach, for getting his boot off and having his ankle a-okay. So that's good to hear. Good for you, Peach. All right. 
Now, today's guest has been the face of flesh and blood for years now. He is the 2020 and 2022 New Zealand National Champion and the 2021 Calling Auckland Champion. He is a founding member of the team of Team Dragon Shield and late last year entered the fray of graded collectible cards opening premier card grading. He is Matt Rogers. Matt, thank you for joining us today on the Combat Chain. Thanks, mate. Thanks so much for inviting me on. It's um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of fun to be here. Yeah, we are so happy to be uh, to to have you on. Uh, this is a really special kind of milestone moment for us. Um, that being said, no one escapes the origin story. So, who are you, and how the hell did you get here? <laughs> uh, my origin story for Flesh and Blood. Okay, I um, yeah, I used to play Magic the Gathering. Um, I've played card games for a long time. I played Magic with uh, 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 with James White and Chris Gearing and and Jason Chung, a lot of the developers and the the founder of Flesh and Blood for years and years and years. Um, uh, and then um, yeah, I started up a card store, um, uh, which became um, a franchise eventually. Um, and uh, yeah, basically, I'd kind of gotten a bit over Magic. I'd quit Magic. I'd stopped going to uh, 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 bigger events. I'd fallen off the Pro Tour, and and um, yeah, I'd kind of kind of given up on on going super competitive with card games from New Zealand. It was quite hard. Um, and uh, James James had let me know years and years beforehand that he was designing a, a, a competitive card game, a classic card game. Um, and, you know, I sort of was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to maybe maybe come and test a draft or something like that at some point, but kind of never got around to it. I was pretty busy and, and uh, yeah, kind of just shook that one off. And then after I quit Magic, um, uh, he he announced that he was going to launch um, or maybe a year or so after I quit Magic, he announced that, I was gonna la- that he was going to launch and launch it in New Zealand. Um, and uh, I had a look at it and i was like oh wow the the art's quite good the themes are good the classic like this this actually looks really good and it looks like the um way that he's uh developed and designed this game with the you know the pitch and blocking and combat and everything like that is um yeah just really appealed to me it seemed like the you know um there was going to be a lot more decision points it seemed like the games were going to be a bit more interesting and there was just a lot more options to it so i was like you know what i'll give it a go i called up james and i was like look i'm going to come to you premiere i'm gonna give this a go we'll see we'll see you know we'll see if i like your game or not um and uh yeah t- turned up uh you know met up with some old friends uh alan hale sat me down and, and and taught me how to play the game uh and then i ended up playing that night uh for hours and hours and hours with kale mccreef i think we, we played a full 50 game set like 50 games um <laughs> It's a, uh, it's a lot in one sitting. Was he? Sitting. Was he on Bravo then? I uh, no. So this this was the Ira deck. So Welcome oh, hadn't ooh. come out yet. So All this right. was a, you know this was this was the night before the world premiere. So this was the mm-hmm. absolute only Ira existed. Nobody knew about Rafe. Um, you know the, there was this announcement that the first set would be called Welcome to Rafe, but we didn't know anything else. Um, so it was literally awesome. the Ira learned to play decks, and we played fifty games of that, um, and then uh, and then we played the the world premiere uh, the day after, um, which was like a ira challenge event everybody played with an ira deck there was a swiss in top eight uh i lost in the top four um and uh yeah i had i had 
the one of the best times I've had in card games. I've played a lot of card games over the years, and even just the IRA, um, you know, even just the IRA decks where you didn't have equipment and it was everything like that. It just it felt it felt so perfect. It was such a nice, uh, well-designed game that I was like, yeah, I'll keep giving this a go until I get bored of it. Three years later, I well, more than three years since then, um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm still not bored of it. <laughs> Amen to that. Adam, I know you, you have a special place in your heart for the, the Ira Welcome deck as well. Welcome deck is my, I think, probably my favorite format of this game. <laughs> right? The purest form of flesh and blood. All right, <clears throat> let's get right into it. You have been the consensus best in the world in this game for years now, uncontested until 2022 the rise of michael hamilton and pablo pintor made writing you off as a member of the old guard a popular if not incredible dangerous thing to do perhaps <laughs> even uh this this podcast a little guilty uh of of neglecting to add you on to certain polls about uh, the best players in the world uh was winning this year's new zealand national championship a strong enough reminder of everyone that you are still at the top of the game uh yeah i think i mean like i don't really want to get too much into the best player in the world conversation and stuff i think you can say it it's okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that that conversation's cringe um but i do think i do think it's fair enough to put me as one of the contenders of one of the best players out there and i do think that uh winning nationals this you know winning nationals this year uh you know top eight in a a recent calling and everything um you know and the callings in the states and all, all of the rest of that just does show that i have been consistent over the three years it wasn't just matt won a bit at the start in year one it has been you know i i won nationals year one i came second in nationals year two and then i won nationals again year three um and then uh i've top aided i don't know six or so callings in between then and got you know top 16 pro tour etc so i have i have remained consistent enough to kind of stay in the in the in the conversation i think (laughs) now if i have it right out of 15 eligible events you have obtained 12 ptis from that is that correct yeah. So I do think I have I have I have the the record for the most PTIs earned in the world um, by quite a bit. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously because I was playing from from day one. But yeah, all of the you know the nationals where top eight gets a PTI, the callings where top eight gets a PTI. You know, PTI events where first and second gets it, and uh, you know pro tours, uh, etc. All of those um, add add them all together. Go through my full history, and it's uh, it's it's twelve out of fifteen. So I think consistency is kind of what I've strived for. I don't, I don't, I don't win every event, but um, I'm, I'm usually up, up near the top tables. You got into this game so early and became so good for so long before the organized play structure had a chance to form. Now it's time for LSS to crown its first world champion. Are you coming into Worlds with something to prove? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, there's something to prove thing again. I, I try to not put too much pressure on my shoulders in that way. Like I, I do honestly play this game for fun. I am a very competitive person at heart. Um, but, um, and, and I, I love to win who doesn't, uh, but you know, the, the, you know, the friendships, the team play, the, you know, travel, the, uh, uh, just, 
incredible games and stuff that that's what i get out of this i'm not too focused like obviously i want to be the first world champion i've wanted that uh the whole time and i love to win these events but i don't want to put too much pressure on myself that it's win or nothing that i have to prove myself to other people that you know everything like that i think i've i think i've proven to myself um that if i put effort in and and that and if i if i really want to do well uh in a tournament i can um and uh you know um yeah i think that's that's enough for me now as as one of the most recognizable names uh, in the competitive scene do you do you find it a bit do you find that your opponents really go after you kind of like you're their Super Bowl kind of moment uh, when you're paired up against uh, somebody in in a calling or a pro tour? Or do you find that is more uh, like kind of more shell shocked than anything else? Uh, I think it's definitely a mix. I think there's definitely both extremes and things in the middle. Like there are some people that sit down and they're like, I've been waiting for this moment. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to crush you into the ground and then tell every, you know, and it's going to be all anybody's ever going to be talking about forever. And then you know, all of this sort of stuff. And then there's other people that sit down and they're like, um, why did I have to get paired against you? <laughs> you know, so, and, and there's everything in the middle as well. And I think that that's, that's, that's fun. Like I, if I'm, if I'm honest, I kind of I enjoy that side of the attention a little bit like I enjoy kind of being a challenge for people I enjoy that it gets people more excited for a game for whatever reason um, and and I think better games come of that Team Dragon Shield accomplished the incredible feat of sweeping their nationals this year Patel took Canada Butcher took Australia and you took New Zealand before adding the silent assassin Isaac Crute into the fold this team may be one of the more formidable forces in Flesh and Blood today. How has joining this team changed your approach to prep and playing the game? Yeah, I think the t- team play has been incredible. Our whole our whole everything through Nationals season was was to a new level uh, of anything that I've done in, in, in card games. Um, I think the the fact how much we lean and rely on each other and like give to each other has actually just been such a magical experience. Like the fact that we are all playing, you know, when Nick's Nationals came up first, we, you know, all three of us were absolutely dedicated to helping Nick to win that nationals um you know when when Tarix came up it was the same thing and when mine came up it was the same thing you know i'm i'm talking i'm talking because we're in different time zones teammates that are getting up at five o'clock in the morning um you know to 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 run through some stuff that are staying up until late hours of the night that are answering phone calls at you know five and six in the morning and stuff their time uh you know uh, uh to, to help each other and that that happened at you know uh at at, at the nationals and at things and yeah it was just an absolute like selfless dedication from all three of us to each of the other uh, uh two people in the team for, for each event and i felt like we really approached it as a as a group um and as a team and i felt like you know everybody that wanted to take a trophy off us they effectively had to get through all three of us at each of the nationals <laughs> like um so yeah i i think i think that that really came together uh so well and uh watch out for worlds because we're, we're doing it again <laughs> we're doing it again now we're doing that prep again and we're doing that focus and that dedication to each other and stuff again so um and and i'm loving it i think i i think it's uh it's a magical thing to be a part of 
That uh, that does lead me into my next question. How is Worlds Prep going? You don't have to spill any of the secret sauce unless you want to, but uh, you, you obviously are feeling ready to go as as the hour draws near here. Yeah, it's going really well. We're all playing... Up- yeah, yeah. I'm not <laughs> yeah. Give you that. <laughs> no, um, yeah, no. The the, the world's prep uh, has been a lot of fun. Um, we've been putting, uh, you know, just playing playing a bit on Talishar, uh, but most most importantly, just constantly talking. Like every night, every morning. I think the first thing most of us do when we get up in the morning is like talk about some thoughts of a deck, and one of the last things before we go to sleep is is be talking to each other about you know thoughts of a deck strategy in a matchup, all of that sort of stuff as well. So um, unfortunately, I've been crazy, crazy busy, so I haven't had um, as much time uh, to play as the others. Uh, but yeah, Tarek and Nick and Isaac are putting in serious, serious work, um, which is, uh, yeah, which has been really cool. But I have, you know, I have been there every night and every morning to, to talk through the strategies and the decks and, and the ideas and stuff. And I, and I, I can't wait. Uh, I fly out just in a couple of days to go meet them for the Team Dragon Shield house. Um, we've got, you know, a, a massive uh, kind of mansion or whatever, like some some huge uh, Team Dragon Shield eleven crazy uh, Airbnb thing over there that we're all meeting at with Saint um, uh, and and a few few others of our friends that have been invited along as well and uh, yeah there's going to be yeah a bunch of us and it's going to be an awesome process uh, kind of putting all of these ideas and strategies that we've come to in the last few weeks and and mashing it all together and, and uh, finalizing it given your 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 international scope here would you say communication is kind of the strength of team dragon shield right now yeah definitely i think the fact i think our friendship um and uh how we work together is definitely our our strength you know the fact that we are in constant communication about things the fact that we all we all live and breathe the strategy of this game we all just love discussing and breaking and finding and tweaking you know the strategies for every different matchup and, and everything like that and it's um yeah it's really we're all just so excited for the game and we're all just so excited for good games um and uh yeah i think that that combination with four people that are that dedicated to the game uh and that that dedicated to finding everything and and the strategies and 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 winning or or whatever um yeah it's uh it's it's a formula for success for sure are you are you uh when it was debuted you there was a lot of media presence from the from the lss the tournament organizers they they made a big they made a big kind of spectacle of team dragon shield coming out and it seemed like there was a lot of, you know, there's a lot of video cameras. There's a lot of, of that kind of footage being made during this. Are, are you under any media obligation for this, this test week in the dragon shield house? Yeah, yeah, we are. So, um, yeah, obviously, you know, part of part of this team and part of everything is is um, you know getting the name Dragon Shield out there. Uh, you know, obviously, it's a it, it's it's a household name, but just doing things for that as well. So we are doing uh, some recording over there, some interviews, some stuff like that. There are you know camera guys being sent over to the house and stuff. So um, yeah, we're we, and, and we're more than happy to do that. From our point of view, um, you know, we love this game and we love Dragon 
windshield you know we're representing a brand that we absolutely love like i really do love the company behind dragon shield and all the people and how they approach everything um and uh and it's the same for lss so anything that we can do uh to help those brands and and stuff it's just good for everybody absolutely adam is your mansion in san jose ready for worlds Unfortunately not. Um, yeah, like I was saying earlier in the pod, my my world's prep is is, is unfortunately not up to snuff right now. Um, some life stuff has kind of taken precedence. Um, so we're 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 reevaluating our our mindset going into worlds. I think, um, and, and we're just acknowledging that this is going to be a cool experience, uh, a good learning experience, and we're. We, going in with no um no real expectations or anything and i think that's kind of the the healthy approach the healthy approach and healthy realization for me going into this this world's just given my my situation and life circumstances right now you do i yeah just so you sometimes you need a reminder and and, and the world knows you have progressively uh improved throughout your competitive career ending in uh, uh canadian nationals was was 10th i believe 11th yeah 11th 11th canadian nationals probably one of the toughest nationals uh in in the world so we're <laughs> we're looking uh yeah you know so it is it's nothing to sneeze at uh, are you are you working with nathan fortin and crew uh, uh no and that's that's kind of the thing is that the all unfortunately out of that whole crew the the guys that i worked with for pro tours and for uh for nationals um none of them qualified for worlds uh so they've all decided to kind of take a step back and and uh take a breather before the next uh competitive season starts up and i I totally respect that um oh man i am such a dick i i just i just took off uh from us after us nets no hey it's it's totally fine we'll get you we'll get you ready all i need is three days and some gauntlet decks we'll do this you know what though but I, i think part of the takeaway here is that um you know, like mental health is important too. Um, and m- managing, you know, like there's a lot of different ways we can take care of our mental health. Um, for me right now, going into worlds and acknowledging that, Hey, I'm not playing my best flesh and blood right now. Um, but just wanting to go for that experience um, and, and just being, being, you know, being open with myself that, hey, you know, that, that this is just going to be a cool opportunity and, and not go in with like any kind of results based mindset, I, I think is because the first and foremost, it's, it's about, you know, even like we, you know, Matt's kind of said already in this episode, it's about having fun and enjoying the game first and foremost. And yeah. these past couple of days, I've been kind of just coming to terms with that and i think through that i'm going to regardless of what my world's prep looks like i'm just going to have a really cool experience and that's that's the important thing awesome and it's a it's a once in a lifetime kind of gig exactly i did you know we uh brendan patrick came on last week and had a lot to say about self-care mental uh, mental health and um the fact that you know we got into physical fitness uh obviously he's jacked to shit he's just ripped shreds 
uh, can't help it, but he said, you know, it, it, uh, he does it because it makes him happy. Right. And that's the big thing. It, it's a, it's his mental health thing so that, that actually got, that hit me. Right. I, during that interview, I told him, I was like, well, I, I, I know what that feels like. So in terms of self-care and mental health, you're talking about getting aware there, that actually inspired me to get back onto the, onto the Peloton. So I've gotten nice. three bike rides in this week on the Peloton for the first time. Hey, one, um, but gotta, it, it, one step at a time, man. You got to start somewhere. Oh yeah, yes. So you know, it it was it's a it's a real issue, right? It's a real thing that especially competitive players in this game need to confront uh, more often than not. Um, so all all the power to everybody, including you. Yeah. Uh, yeah but definitely, the... definitely. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely want to add that, like, that is something that, you know, we all should be talking about a little bit more, and I don't want to harp on in the same sort of way that, that Brendan Patrick said, but, um, you know, for, for, for me, uh, I've experienced it as well. I've experienced complete burnout uh, in Magic. I quit Magic for that reason. Uh, I quit playing competitive card games because it got to the point where, uh, you know, there was such expectation, um, and, you know, winning, winning was so important that, like, I just wasn't having as much fun so when i got back into flesh and blood i was like look i am really competitive and i do really like to win but winning can't can't be what i'm playing this game for like it's just it, it's not going to work you know it's impossible in a variance game no matter how hard you work um it's impossible to just uh come up you know at the top constantly so you know it, it's really important to take those expectations off your shoulders and don't let everybody else um you know kind of define that for you as well and just constantly say oh well if you're good you would still be winning or you would you would win this event or you would do well or whatever you know it's re i think it's really important for us as card game players to understand the reason we play cards and for some people you know winning is is just the only reason and that that might be fine for them if they're able to make that work in their sort of collective things of what's important to them in life um, but for the majority of people i would say that you really need to get uh you know fun and community and stuff way ahead of winning uh in order to get the map the most out of card games and i think that it's really important that we all kind of talk about that and think about that a little bit more often because um you know generally life's about happiness right and it's about you know be, being a positive force in the universe and, and 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 all the rest of it and this is a hobby for us um so this is we, we really want to get as much as we can uh, out of it for, for everybody i think um and so if you're just focusing on winning and letting everybody put that pressure on you and letting everybody you know um kind of define you uh, uh by your results uh then i think that you're you know it is going to be stressful it is going to be hard you are going to burn out and it's not you know um it's it's not going to be a, a po you know wholeheartedly positive force in your life well said well said that does uh, lead us into our first community question uh, of the week adam yeah um and it, it you know this ties into our first community question quite nicely uh i think we've kind of already touched on it a bit but we'll uh you know what uh I want to, the question is posed, I want to put it out there. This comes from uh, uh, Frank Hung. Uh, you guys may know him as the Lazy Dog uh, from Discord. Uh, he asks, yeah, what's your, what's your mindset approaching high stakes events and how do you view them in hindsight, whether you succeeded at meeting your goals or not? Uh, it's clear that you're one of the highest level and better performing players. Do you feel like there are high expectations for you to meet um, from yourself, from your teammates? You know, how do you, how do you, 
deal with all that? And I know you've kind of touched on it already, but do you, is there, I guess, anything to add to what we've touched on so far? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, people do put a lot of expectation on me um, uh, uh, at that, some of these events, you know, certainly going into these nationals, uh, everybody was like, well, your two teammates have won. Are you going to make the clean, clean sweep? Like you have to win. You get you get you, like you understand that, right, Matt? Like you have to you have to be able to win this event. Um, so uh, that was hard, but also not really like it was sort of like I, I, I just I really wanted to win this one, so I put in the work. Um, you know, nationals is something really important to me, and, and national pride is something that uh, is, is huge for me. Like, I love New Zealand. I love everything about our country. I love anything I can do to help, um, you know, get our country a little bit more recognition because we are the little guy, you know? Um, and so, you know, national pride, like this tournament is one of the most important tournaments to me. So um, it's, it is the one that I've probably worked the hardest for um and uh so yeah like i i try to just not take too much of that pressure i try to say look i'm gonna put in enough work that i can win um if the chips fall well for me but in the end of the day the chips will fall how how they fall and i'll make sure you know to to set myself up so that i can take opportunity of every spot as best i can but at the end of the day if i've put in that you know if i've put in the work and i've tried hard and i've i've come with everything I've got and I've you know thought about all of my spots end of the day if I don't win it's just not meant to be you know it's just like if you if you win you win and if you don't you don't like it it's you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose sleep over it I'm not gonna get stressed out over it I'm not gonna um you know have have that pressure crush me and define me you know what I mean so I'm yeah like you know people are gonna put those pressures on you and, and it's up to you whether whether you want to you know kind of how you want to approach it but for me personally um i approach an event with what i want to get out of it if i if i really really want to win i know that i have to put in the the work to really win um and if i'm prepared to put in that work then i've given myself the best chance and i have to be happy with that i'm not you know i'm not gonna put myself in a spot where i'll only be happy with a trophy or you know and uh, I, I won't be happy with myself otherwise i'll be happy with myself if i played the if i you know um prepared really well and I played really good games. Awesome. Speaking of uh, high stakes and big prizes, the Goliath Gauntlet tournament is happening uh, right now. And you won your opening round match against the very game, uh, Yuki Lee Bender. And yeah. you actually, as of this recording, uh, it is it is 8.53 p.m. on 10.26. They, 983 Media released the latest slate of games so you versed uh michael hamilton and uh let's just do a little recap right here um matt you came out with a a, to fast start you were on dash michael hamilton's on his now trademark icelander deck uh it seems like you came out uh to a fast start uh and uh hamilton looked looked to stabilize around 18 life when he uh, was able to get off a red aether ice vein uh, i believe that was fused with a insidious chill on the board but after that uh he started getting aggressive and getting a lot of the tempo back and the game really seemed to look like it come down to uh one of your uh he was at uh 7 you were at 10 you attacked he blocks uh, and goes down to one while you're at 10 and then he 
like completely stabilizes more ice veins and insidious chills. It looks like it took all the cards out. Uh, and then Hamilton gets you to two and gets you with an Emerus scalding for the win. Uh, while at one for like several turn cycles. Yeah. Uh, pretty crazy, right? Great. That, game. Really that was a crazy game. game. Yeah. Um, yeah. is I, is Icelander a problem? <laughs> Icelander is very, very good, um, especially the way that uh, Hamilton's built it now. And like, uh, you know, approaching, yeah, like, you know, Dash is a value deck, right? And Icelander's mm. kind of a value deck as well, except for it's kind of getting more value and it doesn't mm. have to worry about fatiguing itself and it doesn't have to worry about a few other things. And then it's got these cards like Hyperthermia and Channel Lake Frigid that are just like one card, like destroy you. <laughs> So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it can be tough. It can be very, very tough. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the... So in the opening rounds of the Goliath Gauntlet, there was a lot of conversation about camera angles. And when you talk to some of the... Uh, in my experience, when you talk to some of the competitive players that don't have a, a huge online experience, you get one crappy camera angle sometimes it just yeah. happens <laughs> uh you know they care about more uh, other things other than how well you can see see everything but there is the kind of a, a stigma around online play and uh and and the possibility for cheating and just being you know just kind of angle shooting and doing some you know mischievous stuff with their decks Depending on who you talk to, Flesh and Blood is either in a very healthy and uh, safe place when it comes to the rules or ripe for corruption, which brings us to our next community question. Uh, Yeah, this one's from uh, David Spencer uh, at Kablamo185 on Twitter. Uh, He wonders, uh, Matt, are you aware of the the cheating drama in the world of chess right now involving Magnus Carlsen and Hans uh, Neumann? Uh, if so, uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, as a pro player, how, how important uh, do you think it is to uh, preserve competitive integrity in, in Flesh and Blood's long-term growth and sustainability? And just quickly, for those who aren't aware of this, uh, we've got an article. I'll uh, link it in the, uh, the, the YouTube uh, video for, for those who want to catch up on this. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not completely across the drama. I know that there um, was some admission of of cheating uh, when he was younger, and maybe some online uh, cheating, whatnot. And then there was uh, another player that was um, just conceding the game whenever he played against him and didn't want to play against, uh, uh, you know, um, somebody that, uh, yeah, had a name for potentially being a cheater um, or, or anything like that. And a whole lot of drama has sparked from there. Am I sort of on the right track on that? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, Neiman is uh, Neiman is a 19-year-old, like, super prodigy. Yeah, but yeah, super, super Car- prodigy, yeah. Carlson uh, doesn't feel like he should should have lost uh, any game at all. Uh, but the accusations <laughs> go into all sorts of like AI devices and and kind of chess algorithms and things of that nature that make like these guys play online chess on like just it's like you know eight bit at this point uh, and they just moving the chess pieces around so really susceptible kind of in the same vein as like the poker uh could have uh, the that poker scandal that happened uh, just recently where the 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 girl went all in probably shouldn't have it was like the wrong call but she ended up winning anyways but they feel like she might have had a tell uh 
uh, or you know something a little more scandalous happening uh, there. Uh, but it does bring you know it brings to the the greater point. I, I talked about the camera angles before, but uh, you, you know preserving the competitive integrity. Uh, we, it seems like Flesh and Blood has been a little protected uh, there. Are, are we are we in a good spot? Um, yes and no. I think we have a fantastic community. Um, uh, so, you know, that sort of stuff, you know, if you're caught cheating in this game, like, you know, you're going to be out. Like, there's no way that our community will, will put up with that nonsense. Like, you, you're just going to be gone forever, surely. And I think that, you know, James and the LSS team just have so much respect for card game and card game integrity and stuff like that. I just can't imagine they'll ever let anything stand. Like, um, yeah, so I think I think that uh, I think the cost to cheating is pretty high in this game, and this game is so community um, focused that it's kind of why would you? Um, you know, like you would lose so much. But then also just the fact that um, I guess it's it's yeah, like. I guess the you know when you put up big prize money for things, that stuff is going to come. We are going to have you know we are going to have to deal with that. There are going to be people that try to take advantage, um, and uh, as a pro player, that's super scary for, for for me and us as our team and stuff like that. You know, we always have to be super diligent and looking out for things and worried about you know uh, anything that that people can do. Um, uh, yeah, and you know it can be the highest profile people as well like when, when i played magic um you know a huge channel fireball writing um uh you know very popular player uh cheated against me um uh in a in a in a grand prix uh and uh he got caught and he got banned um uh and that yeah that actually happened to me in a game of magic and you know ever since then my eyes have been a lot more open to it um uh, that you know things like that can happen and people that are super high profile can and will take advantage um so yeah i think as a community we just need to remain uh you know vigilant on that and we just have to make sure that you know the consequences are high um but also that we need to be a little bit careful as well to not witch hunt and to not you know to be yeah to not just defame people because we think they might have done something dodgy. I think a lot of that's happening and, you know, you know, that could potentially be the case in this chess situation. That could potentially be the case in the poker situation as well, is that these people may not have done anything wrong. And, um, you know, this witch hunt mentality of people banding together and, and sort of, um, uh, you know, making these accus uh, uh, accusations without any proof, it can really, really ruin people. Um, and I've experienced it as well. And I think, you know, all my teammates have experienced it. Everybody's experienced it on Twitch with these streaming games, um, is that the, you know, Twitch chat uh, can think a certain thing. And because they can't hear audio or whatever, you know, a whole lot of people jump to conclusions, get it completely wrong, and then just like massively defame the people that are that are playing, um, uh, even though they've completely missed a certain context to it or, or something like that. And that seems to be happening more and more. And everybody, I think, that has been 
been playing a lot of stream matches and fab will tell you they've been you know a, a victim of that that witch hunt uh stuff as well for doing absolutely nothing wrong at all um uh so i think as a community we need to be really really careful about that and make sure that we don't ruin ourselves that way by um yeah by by just making it really uncomfortable and horrible for people uh that are that are being played in a game because we are all humans we do all make mistakes there is going to be things that look off or go wrong or anything like that and i think it's it's really important that a we catch it and we do be harsh if we're cert, you know if we're sure there's something wrong and there's a- avid proof there and we make sure that nobody ever gets away with it but b at the same time we give people the benefit of the doubt and make sure that we're not just hunting them you know um when when we don't have all of the pieces and perfect proof to uh, uh, uh to be certain as well I think that's pretty well summed up, like the whole idea of innocent until proven guilty, but like holding people accountable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, uh, Premier Card Grading launched in uh, November of 2021 uh, with great fanfare in the, the Fab community and uh, a partnership with Channel Fireball, who's now owned by TCG Player, who's now owned by eBay. Uh, <laughs> so you work with eBay now. Uh <laughs> Clark uh, Jansen uh, asks, uh, give us the backstory with uh, how PCG came to be and is it meant for, like, were you, was Flesh and Blood the, the inspiration or did you, were you kind of already working on this? Yeah, so uh, a couple of things there. I'll quickly clean up um, that PCG USA is not owned by eBay. Um, So we actually didn't (laughs) want PCG to go to eBay. We didn't want that contract to go across, and they weren't, uh, you know, all TCG player originally. All of the stuff was going on in the background. It's a big mess um, right now. <laughs> you know, we, we we all decided that it was best that PCG not go with the other pieces. Um, uh, so PCG is now uh, PCG USA is now licensed to PCG USA. Um, so it's not it's not part of Channel Fireball anymore. It's not owned by eBay. It's not owned by TCG Player or anything like that. We broke off. Um, so uh, yeah. So and I think that that's a, a a much much better direction for what we're trying to do. Um, you know, for for our from our point of view. We were a small New Zealand startup, um, and it was really important that we maintained a lot of control. Um, you know, we work co- with each of the offices all around the world constantly. You know, um, down to every little thing. We even work with each of the individual staff members. We work with everything. We're a very, very hands-on uh, uh, head office here in New Zealand. So, um, you know, we didn't want to kind of cross over to the corporate uh, structure there and sort of you know uh kind of work in with a big company where we would have less control um and we didn't think that that was a good uh kind of angle um towards our future goals for pcg and how we kind of want to run things it's just so important to us that we get that we are really in a in a small company way invested in 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 the communities that we serve uh and that we get you know absolute consistency or you know as strive for as much consistency between all of the offices as possible so um yeah so uh anyway so yeah that that all happened Channel Fireball and stuff got sold off. PCG broke off. Um, uh, but yeah, and then the other thing, uh, we did actually launch prior to November last year. Um, 
November last year was when we launched in the US. PCG New Zealand actually launched, uh, you know, maybe six months-ish before that. Um, but we were working with Channel Fireball uh, a lot before that. So, um, you know, everything's been in the background. Uh, works have been in the background in PCG for a few years now. Um, we teed up with Channel Fireball, I think, early 2021 or late 2020 maybe. Um, and then, um, yeah, got that got that contract and everything all signed up, uh, I think around about the time that we launched in New Zealand or, or a little before then. And then we launched in America later on in the year. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's been really cool. Uh, you know, we've had massive community um, support. Uh, you know, people have banded behind us. People like that we are kind of bringing a modern approach to grading and, the, and a community approach to grading and that we want to, you know, work within the communities of each of the card games that we serve and really, uh, you know, bring more to those card games specific to them, you know, rather than just add on small card games as randomly little add-ons uh, obviously Pokemon is our number one focus because that's our biggest market um, and the, those are the cards that we grade the most of um, but you know we're not a Pokemon grading company that just throws the other 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 companies you know on so we uh, absolutely focus on each of the small games as well and we make things specific to them like uh, you know for, for Yu-Gi-Oh we've designed a Yu-Gi-Oh specific case um, and for Fab we're in the middle of designing the Fab slab which which is a specific case for people wanting to play with their equipment. It's a much smaller slab um, uh, for playing with where the label's on the back. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I guess a lot of our standards and approach and everything has been a bit more modern, transparent, and sort of, um, you know, in a way that everybody can understand. We're not just, uh, yeah, kind of grading company that's been here for, for, for 20 years or 30 years or whatever it is and just slap, slaps on extra services and and then um you know people have to to wade and all the rest of it and 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 uh we send things out or, or whatever we, we we want to you know our goal and our vision was to be involved in this what i love and what my business partner and everybody that works for pcg we are all very heavily emotionally invested in the community and in the in the card games themselves and revolve our life around them so we want to be a positive force in them now, I don't, I'm not a collector myself. I have a bunch of cold foils in sleeves. I'm, I'm a player first, right? But I, I got, yeah. I got cards all over the place. Uh, so from an outsider, you had, you had Beckett and you had PSA. I don't know if there was others before then, but it seems like stepping into this market is a huge undertaking, given how big you talked about those those companies that have been they're huge and they've been doing this for decades how do you get out of that shadow yeah so yeah that there, there are a lot of other grading companies but certainly beckett and psa are kind of the big two um that you know they're kind of first and second um uh for for tcgs at least um and uh yeah i mean we had to come to this with the plan that we're not just going to be a, a small little you know a small little hole in the box business um we knew that we had to take on you know these hundreds of million dollar businesses or or you know wh whatever they are and we we really 
you know, we really had to do things properly. But we also were completely aware of the things that they'd gotten lazy at and the things that they were um, uh, had let fall off um, and that they, you know, didn't seem as dedicated, uh, you know, to improving a whole yeah, a whole range of things, and it seemed that they've kind of been corporatized to the to you know to the point where um, they just kind of want to turn money. <laughs> um, so for us, we came at this and we were like, well, you know, look at this the the uh, the backlogs that these companies haven't systemized well enough to fix are X number of months, which is, um, you know, just in our opinion, unacceptable. Um, you know, all of these cases and labels and stuff, these are supposed to show off incredible pieces of art, like people's, you know, favorite collectibles or whatever. These are supposed to make these, these things that are really, really special to people, uh, amazing display pieces that are going to be preserved forever. But, you know, these companies, Companies haven't updated their labels in many, many years, and they're just not not that fussed about that. They're not that fussed about turnaround time. They're not that fussed about consistency of grading as well. So it's kind of all going up all over the place, and they're not that focused about uh, you know the communities, um, you know each individualized country and community and, and and everything like that, and the individual card games. So there was a huge hole there. You know, none of these companies have offices all over the world. So when we came to this. We were like, well, I think we can improve on all of these things. I think we can have offices local to to each community all around the world, um, you know, and uh, and approach this in a way to serve each community individually. Because no nobody in the rest of the world really just wants to send their cards to America and wait eight months to you know uh eight mm. months plus to, to get them back and you know uh, it's it's all different you know these american companies don't know about their community and what's important to them and their collection and everything like that so our aim was to partner with uh local businesses um uh that that really do have community at heart and their community at heart and we were able to kind of improve every aspect that we could think of of the service and of grading as a whole and then integrate that with their community and with their community approach and then you know take that same strategy with each of these card games and those wider outer communities as well uh, you mentioned partnerships with some of these local communities in july i think july i apologize if my research was was wrong i believe the yeah. november 2021 date came from the announcement uh with channel fireball um in july you announced a partnership with lss to provide highly graded card prizes at flesh and blood premiere events the gold foils etc that is seems to be a a big hit are are there more similar plans for pcg in in the near future here yeah, so that that partnership was absolutely amazing for us uh, and for Alexis as well, I believe. Um, you know, it just yeah. So that the whole idea behind it, you know, we went to Alexis and and because we, you know, something I've seen for years. Um, and, you know, there are people that win these coveted prizes, these high value, you know, excellent prizes that they've had to, um, you know, slog through a massive tournament or whatever to win. And then you know, some of these prizes just have these big chips and dents and print lines and stuff through them so none of the big 
collectors want them. And you know, there, there were things like uh, you know, gold foil tunic that that was to the point, you know, it, it, it was not going to get a good grade, and that sat on the marketplace for ages. And you know, somebody that had won this incredible prize just wasn't able to turn that into, you know, to, to kind of capitalize on that because of this. And this this is this is a problem, right? And it seemed to be a, a specific problem for LSS with these prize cards as well, um, more and more. And uh, and uh, yeah, and that was a problem that I was certain that we could help solve. So we we approached LSS and we said, look, this is an issue. You know, a lot of these prize cards are damaged. They've been packaged this way. You know, is there a way that we can come in and be a checkpoint for you? We can have a look at at the way that 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 it's done, the way the card money is packaging and sending these and stuff, and we can provide um, feedback to them. We can provide feedback to you, and we can uh, you know look at these cards and make sure only the ones that kind of pass a good quality checkpoint are actually sent out. Um, and uh, you know James is very progressive, and he's and and you know his absolute heart and soul was that he wants people that uh, you know work hard and achieve these high things to get these incredible trophies you know um and uh and and them to hold value and, and to be worth something so he was absolutely behind the idea so you know we came in and we uh you know came in effectively as a as a checkpoint process for them you know because they're they want to focus on designing the game right they want to focus on designing the game and the organized play and everything around there um they're not experts on 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 card condition and everything like that you know they they rely on Carter monday to just print them things and send them to them um so that's where pcg with our expertise could really come in on the checkpoint process um, and uh, you know take take these batches of cars that Carter Monday are, are sending analyze them provide detailed reports to LSS and provide uh, you know yeah just just some examples of what thing you know why we think certain why we think you know the corners are always bad why we think this and, and why we think that and how to improve it and everything like that and then we can also grade them and make sure they're only giving out the, the absolute best ones and James was very very into that and happy to just shred all of the ones that aren't going to be you know that aren't, that aren't going to be fantastic and just keep printing more and make sure and you know it has been a bit of a trying process we've rejected entire print runs of things um, and uh, you know LSS have had to go and pay to do a whole new print runs and they've had to go to um, Carter Monday with our reports and say this is this and this is what has you know needs to be changed and everything like that but um, I sat down and I met with executives or um, uh, you know management from Carter Monday uh, uh, at the Pro Tour and I talked to them uh, about a lot of the process and kind of the things and then the cards that they produced, um, which I can't talk too much about because it hasn't been released yet, but this, uh, the, the next print run that they did of those cards was absolutely beautiful. Like, you know, the, the, the process has improved so much. You know, we're, we're not, we're not going to see that straight away because a lot of the cards that even you know that we've graded and made sure are nine pluses and stuff that are going out there were printed you know one or two or whatever years ago um and you know we're starting to get more things now for the future that are that are printed new but i truly believe that we have really really helped to improve that process massively and there's something uh that's going to be coming out soon uh uh that's that's going to kind of showcase that a little bit more um that are cards that carter monday have printed um you know with 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 some advice from us and that have been checkpointed from us as well uh, and that have actually been slabbed by us too uh, and that are just stunning. 
Oh man, that is that is juicy. You, you can't you can't give us a little <laughs> little tidbit on what that might be. I, I just gave you a little tidbit. I was like, I was like, he knows secrets. This is <laughs> this is great. I try I try to give away as much as I can, but I gotta I gotta be careful. You know, obviously I've signed NDAs with LSS and sure, sure. I have to be super careful uh, when I'm speaking publicly on what I can share. I'm I'm naturally a very transparent person. I love to share everything. I'm not I'm not great with secrets, um, but mm-hmm. I do have to respect NDAs. <laughs> well, we're certainly that grateful for the totally, little totally fair, totally fair. Yeah, we're certainly grateful for the little tidbit we did just get. Uh, you mentioned in previous interviews that you don't handle the cards personally so much as run the company uh but uh we have the obligatory condition uh on the community question uh coming from uh greg darth prentice on twitter asks uh what's the best and worst condition card you've seen or i guess in in this case heard of come through pcg yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't actually do any of the grading um, for say. I know I know the I know our grading standards really well, and I can certainly grade cards. Uh, and I train, you know, I, I do train some staff and some managers on grading, and you know, some of the international offices and whatnot um, with my visits. But uh, yeah, in terms of the actual uh, uh, card grading, they're done by people that are, um, you know, their their full profession, their full uh, thing is is grading cards, and they have, um, you know massive expertise and have been run through our very rigorous um, uh, training processes and, and such um, but I do see I do see a lot of a lot of cards from time to time people show me stuff um, you know we've got all of these uh, platforms and stuff which all of the offices are constantly posting to um, you know whenever anything comes up I like to I like to have my eyes across as many things as possible um, so I am seeing you know some of the most terrible cards that come through some of the stunning cards that come through i like reports on on you know uh on card stock and everything like that and what things are grading better and what sort of print runs are going good and stuff and i like to be really across that um uh because that's really important for us helping the industry as a whole to improve um so uh yeah i think the worst the worst thing i've ever seen uh is somebody got a kano um and uh yeah i i heard there was a little bit of a backstory he was a fan of this garbage uh, uh, garbage lord kano which is a uh you know sort of meme youtube uh, uh channel thing uh that a content creator puts out um and he'd got this kano and he'd roughed it up he'd obviously you know dinged up all of the corners and the edges and stuff um and then drawn on it as well with vivid and and, and whatnot and just tried to make it as horrible as possible to try to get the worst grade possible um so i saw that unfortunately we had to reject that one um yeah, we do okay. have to be you know we're more than happy if people want to rough up their cards and send in and have low grades that's fine and we'll grade them and you know that they can have low grades and that's a bit of fun for people and stuff um but we do have to uh yeah tread that line carefully once somebody draws on a card with vivid once there's vivid marking uh, and people have purposely altered cards we have to be so careful because you know vivids can hide up whitening on corners and edges and stuff like that you know certain things that you do to a card can 
can hide actual damage and we can't risk missing that. So, um, you know, there are people that will take a Vivid to the corner of a card and ever so slightly try to Vivid out the whitening um, so that, so that uh, yeah, so that they won't get graded as harsh on corners. We will always pick that up. You know? Like, yeah. uh, our, you know, our tools and you know, you, you're not going to be able to get one over on us by that. Um, so, but yeah, it also means, uh, yeah, that, that, you know, the policies around that mean that if people rough their cards up and alter them that way, they may get rejected as well uh, if they, you know, fall over over that line. So I would say if you're if you really want to rough your cards up, like scratch them <laughs> rather than drawing on them, you know, um, and uh, yeah, and, and we're, we're happy to go with the fun. Um, you know, if it's if it's really important for you to have your garbage Kano, uh, you know, one, <laughs> graded graded a one on corners and edges and, and surface then uh yeah we're absolutely uh, ha- uh happy to help you with that uh wizards of the coast um has kind of developed over the years uh the means to prevent counterfeiting how prevalent is counterfeiting right now in flesh and blood have you gotten your have, have you received gradable cards that you've found to be counterfeit and is that number increasing uh, I wouldn't say it's increasing. I would say it's there. Um, you know, we have been submitted counterfeit cards. We have have had to reject cards and tell people that cards were fake. Um, that has really upset them. Um, you know, that that has happened. Um, and, um, you know, uh, we document it really well and we share all of that information with LSS as well. So they're, you know, they're, their finger's very much on the pulse there as well. They know what's going on. They know what's coming through. Um, uh, so, yeah. It is coming through, and the, the the fakes are good, but not great. You know what I mean? Like we are going to pick them up. I, I don't think we're likely to miss fakes, um, which is which is great. The fakes haven't gotten that good yet, um, but it's certainly a concern. Um, and you know that there are people trying with with fab. There are things that are that are coming through here and there. Um, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's something we need to be concerned about as a community. And something that LSS need to be concerned about, and something that we as graders need to be concerned about, um, and we just got to make sure that we're doing kind of everything that we can over and above to um, to ensure as much of it shut down or to make it too hard for them to progress it uh, to the point where we wouldn't catch it. We're rounding the bases here. We're we're coming back to flesh and blood. Dash. Appears yep. to be <laughs> uh, appears to be the most well positioned she's been since uh, Crucible, and maybe more so now with all the weapons at her disposal. There are control variants and super aggressive versions and hybrids that seem to be often overlooked but consistently showing up in top eights. Tell me why Dash deserves more in the spotlight than she might have currently. <laughs> oh, I love Dash. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna lose some fans here. <laughs> I, I, if, if I'm completely honest with you, I don't think Dash is in a great position. Uh, you know. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really, really Just sorry. Trying to tee that up. Um, no, all right, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, Dash, Dash is always there, and she's often overlooked. Um, and she's always got potential, and there are pockets of the meta game, you know, and developments of meta game where she can 
come in and attack it quite well. Um, and so I do think, you know, Dash is here to stay. There's definitely going to be metagames where where she sneaks in and, and can, can make a lot of noise. Um, but right now in the current metagame, I don't think Dash is a, in a particularly amazing spot. Um, just that the, you know, the Fi decks are so good and so consistent. The thing is with Dash is it's, uh, you know, it preys on, on decks being a little bit inconsistent. Um, and uh, it outvalues decks that are a little inconsistent. Um, but decks have gotten very, very good. The the Fi deck is just the most ridiculously consistent aggro deck. Uh, Icelander is, is a bit of a nightmare because of cards like uh, Channel Lake Frigid and Hyperthermia that just really turn, you know, turn off the strategy that you need to employ to, to kind of, uh, you know, kind of push them under um and oldham has gotten way more aggressive and better tools and, and stuff that it, um it's no longer a cakewalk for dash uh, it used to be very easy to beat oldham decks that were trying to control the game because you were just such a good value deck and they can sit around and dirtle while you get out items and then you just build you know this exodia uh that's that's really hard to hard to control and hard to keep down and they just can't outvalue it at any point so um when the metagame's more like that, Dash really shines. When the metagame's how it is at the moment, not so much. Um, so, yeah, of course. Yeah, so is there, um, is, is the meta, like, going into Worlds, is it Fi, Icelander, Oldham, or is there is there room here for others? Like, more than just, like, one. I know Briar's kind of uh, sneaking in there, but it does seem like there's a, there's a big bad in Icelander, uh, Oldham and Fi, but is that, is that it? Or are you expecting kind of a wider field coming in? Uh, yes and no, both ends of the spectrum, to be honest. I like, yeah, I think that is kind of it at the moment for like the top things, just because those decks are so good and so consistent. Um, Icelander is a house. That deck is so, so good. And that deck makes it really, really hard for other decks. You know, that's kind of become the new prism, the new gatekeeper. Like, it makes yeah. it really hard for Briar to be a deck. Um, because you're just so good at shutting them down. Like a good Icelander player should be a, a good Briar player probably 90% of the time. Like I, I, I do believe, um, you know, like somebody that's not experienced in the matchup you you can you can smash them with briar but somebody that is experienced and knows what their role is and knows how to navigate the matchup versus briar uh with icelander i think they will win 90 percent of the time and it's really hard to play a deck that has a 10 percent against you know one of the best decks if not the best deck in the format right now um and i do think that icelander can do the same sort of thing to a few other decks as well um you know it holds dash down in a, in a similar sort of way in that its disruption is just so so hard for them um uh, and the, a good icelander player can really navigate that disruption well and, and and just make it really hard so i think there is at the moment you know those are kind of the main three decks and there's not as much room for other things to come in but at the same time we got a world championships coming up you know there there's got to be more out there and if there is um you know i have faith that somebody's going to find it um and so i do think 
you know, the, the, having a metagame like this where it's so defined by probably two decks, like Fi and Icelander really define this metagame. So having a metagame that's really defined by two decks is always ripe for picking. And if you can find, you know, if you can find a hole, you know that a massive percentage of the field is going to be on that strategy. So if you can find a hole to that strategy uh, in something out there, then, you know, you're going to be able to come come along and just decimate. So I do expect uh, that that, that that will likely happen as well. Excellent. I my hot take. I think I said it last week or the week before was that the the one who innovates is going to win worlds. Whatever. Someone's someone's going to break it open. If they can break it, that's it. Like you said. Yeah. All right. As one of the elder statesmen of the game, you've seen the game evolve from its days to what in Welcome to Wraith and even Welcome Deck Challenge, uh, as you mentioned, on the cusp of, on on the cusp of worlds. Seven sets in, talents galore, and soon uh, the release of Dynasty. How has the game changed for you over this time, and is it where you want it to be mechanically as a game system? Uh, if not, what is what is something that you would change, given the chance? Yeah, so it's been really cool. It's been really interesting watching this game develop because the game that I fell in love with, with uh, Welcome Deck and then Welcome to Wraith, it was amazing. Like everything about it just seemed to solve every problem uh, that I'd found in previous card games. And so many of the games were just really intense and came down to the wire and came down to all of these, you know, uh, very minor decision points. And it was just, it was a fantastic game to play. Every game I lost, I, I you know, I loved. Um, and uh, and every game I won, I did as well. It was just incredible. Um, and then you know it carried on. This this was such an amazing game through Arcane Rising, through Crucible. And then Monarch came. <laughs> and uh, Monarch came out and the game all of a sudden drastically changed. Um, and, uh, you know, the whole way that the game played um, and stuff was different. And I had to really adapt and change and, you know, rethink my whole philosophy around how I play this game and, you know, how how the math works and, and, and everything like that. And, um, yeah, it got to a point where, you know, it, it, things were really, really powerful and it was a little bit less fun and I started to get worried. I was like, oh, you know, they've taken they've taken a different direction. Hopefully they're just trying things and they're seeing how how far they can push it. Um, and hopefully we'll get back, you know, we'll get back to the, to you know, to, to what I loved. And if not, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just not, you know, perfectly designed for me. You know, there's, there's lots of different people that love to play in all sorts of different ways. And maybe this just doesn't, you know, the way the game plays now, maybe just doesn't match up perfectly to, to what I want. Um, and uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, Tales came out and it seemed like they were kind of in between yeah, like they, there was a lot of better things um, and we're kind of going back towards that direction, but maybe not. And we're also, and then Everfest came out and it seemed like, again, they were they were trying to trying to pull things and, and push and see where they could go and see how hard they could push things the other way and, and what changes they can make. And uh, yeah, ultimately through Chain and Prism and Starvo um, and the, 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 the cards that came through this Monarch to Everfest season ultimately i think you know and even the way briar was originally designed and stuff i ultimately think that they realized that hey you know maybe this wasn't quite the direction and uh i remember talking to the lead developer uh chris garen and, and you know him saying look we had to we had to try to push things out we had to try different things but 
I'm not I'm not perfectly happy with with, with where we've gotten to, and I'm not happy with where things are. And I'm uh, you know I'm gonna um, yeah I'm gonna make some changes and and you know take all of the learnings from all of these sets uh, as as we go into designing the next sets, which I guess you know now we know are uprising and 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 dynasty, and he's you know gonna take all of these learnings, and I think we're gonna I think we've learned so much, and I think we're gonna develop a really really good product and a good meta game. Um, um, and it's all going to work so much better going into into there. And you know, I sort of trusted him and and sort of said, all right, well, you know, this is this is one of the most amazing minds, far beyond myself, amazing minds that I've ever met in card games. Um, uh, you know, Chris Gehring, and, and uh, I, I absolutely trust him to be able to develop something incredible. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think he's done it. I think you know, their their team has actually done that. And you know, what what we've experienced now in Uprising, how that shifted the, the gameplay back I think we're back in that Welcome to Rave Arcane Crucible you know realm but we've done it even better this time I think the metagame is extremely healthy where it is at the moment and the way the game you know it's back to that original sort of way to play the game of kind of you know these these decision trees uh, and you know every decision matters um, uh, and everything like that and there's so many things that you have to take into consideration I think the game's in a really really good place and I think uh, yeah I think the way these these heroes have been designed and how they operate and their place in the metagame there's gonna need to be little bits of bans and restrictions and stuff to kind of keep things you know perfectly in check but I think this game is at the best point it's ever been what card would you ban if you had to ban one what card would I ban right now yeah, yeah. oh you said you said you said there might be some. They might need it. What where where does your so head go hard. when so uh, when that comes? That. Is it is it Channel Lake Frigid that that frozen dumpster fire of a of a card? I'm a five player. I can't get around it. I, <laughs> I, but. I think I think you could ban Channel Lake and make it positive, but then you would have to like ban something um, aggro, just like belittle or something with it. Um, Fully so support I, that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would have to find a balance. You could not just ban Channel Lake right now. It would yeah. ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think that there are, you know, if 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 their design, if their development team, like an R&D team, kind of tested it and figured out the meta game after those bans, there are definitely bans there that you could make. It's so impossible for me. You know, I, I, who am I to just say, yeah, they should and this and this it's there's too many trees there's too many you know there's there's too many flow on effects there's the butterfly oh, effect oh, here right so um you know it's it's up to them to figure out what's best uh, for them and it's up to them to test and put in the work and figure out what happens when you ban things and what other things you have to also ban or restrict or whatever to to meet that balance um and yeah i just don't have the expertise to to oh, kind of oh, say oh. what that balance would be that's fair. That's all right. You're you are an expert in this game. You know. Uh, last one. Last one. All right. This one is is just it's open ended. What is something? Okay. <laughs> uh, what is something people don't know about you uh, that you would like them to know? Could be anything. This is where our guests usually talk about uh, if there's other games they like, if there's a movie that they saw, if there's just something about uh, your personality or hobby that you would like to let the world know. Now's now's your chance. Ah, 
I mean, I'm 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 a bit of an open book. <laughs> I think I think uh, you know anybody that knows me personally and knows me well kind of would probably say they know they know me really really well um, because I kind of you know I wear my heart on my sleeve I put everything uh, on the table you know what I mean I, I am sort of yeah I'm not yeah I I'm, I'm kind of I just am who I am take me as as, <laughs> as you will I'm not afraid you know um, so uh, yeah I guess um, yeah, I guess it, I don't think there's anything particularly that I that I want the whole world to know about me, other than I I strive to be a good person. I guess um, is 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 kind of the you know I guess that's that's what I want anybody that knows me or thinks about me or or the actions um, that I take or the things that I do know you know to know is that uh, you know behind all of those actions the reasons for all of that is ultimately i want to be a positive force i want to be a positive force in this community uh in in this you know uh in in this environment in this world and in my relationships uh and everything my my absolute strive is to just be positive just to be a positive force that's a solid message i'm i feel positive as shit right now this has been amazing all right, we did it. We did it. We got through. That's why I'm pumped. This is this was incredible. Um, now is your chance to plug your stuff. Give us your socials. Give us your links. Anything, uh, anything, and everything that you're you're running and want want to to get out there in the world. Now, now is your now is your shot. Okay, thank you. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, as people know, uh, I'm I'm co-founder of Premier Card Grading. Um, that is one of my biggest focuses at the moment. That is something that I'm really passionately building, um, and the and that I really want to do do good um, uh, in the industry uh, um, as a whole. Um, I'm not massively into social media as much as some people. I try to I I try to limit myself a little bit. Um, I am on Facebook. That's usually the easiest way to chat with me. Um, I have been getting more into Twitter as um, Flake and Tarek keep pushing me to, to get a little <laughs> bit more into Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, it's kind of at the point where I'm on Twitter maybe three or three or four times a week for like half an hour um and that's as much as i really want to stretch it um so i'm not going to be massively active on twitter um uh and uh yeah um i i I don't really do anything beyond there um uh you know i try to stick it to try to keep it to kind of one main social media channel um because i don't want to be uh you know just fully immersed in that stuff the whole time and i want to have a healthy life balance i already work a lot um i (laughs) i run multiple companies so i am um yeah i am full on in my in my everyday life and i and uh you know i i want to be active with with um uh, with my partner and my relationship as well and i i want to start a family one day and you know i i want a whole lot of other things out of out of life as well so um i try to try to find a balance Makes me want to turn off Twitter. Just <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Elon Musk. No, it's no, it awesome. Um, excellent. So thank you very much uh, for coming on, Adam. We the train is not uh, stopping rolling. Coming into November here, as big as October was, with uh, Mr. Rogers here as the culmination of a huge October. November is is huge as well. Next week we have. Uh, Matt DeMarco and Brian Gottlieb, casters for the World Championship, coming on together to get us ready for Worlds uh, from the casters' perspective. 
the week after that, we have Ethan Van Sant uh, coming on. Um, I will say that that is the week after Worlds, and uh, we are notorious for hounding the winners of the big tournaments. So uh, I will I will find you, and you will be on here uh, that week, come hell or high water. Uh, whoever you are, if it's one of you two, it makes my life a lot easier because at least I know how to reach you. Uh, so I'm <laughs> rooting for Adam, that. Matt Rogers. Uh, but <laughs> Ethan Van Sant will be on. Uh, that'll be released, uh, scheduled for the 10th. Uh, he's got the Clash format and uh, the tournament there that he'll be co-casting with Chris Bewley. The week after that, we have the, the very unique Fino Black is coming on. Uh, the week of the 17th, everyone loves Fino. He, he's local to me, uh, and uh, he's finally coming on to the program. Uh, and we're rounding out November with Max Thomas, the guild master himself from the Fighters Guild. Longtime uh, friend of everyone in the community, uh, and uh, he'll finally get some some time in the sun here with the combat chain. And I will, I will add that I am working uh, to see if we can't get the gentleman from Fabrica uh, mm, onto the channel. Uh, they are obviously they're in Ukraine, which obviously has a unique situation out there, but I am working with them. Uh, they don't make a ton of appearances for obvious reasons, but um, we're going to try, we're going to see what we can do. So looking forward to that. And uh, we'll, we'll give updates as those come around. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, if you search for the Combat Chain Podcast, you can find us there. Uh, if you feel uh, you want to support us directly, you can go to our Patreon at the Combat Chain. You can find us on Twitter at the Combat Chain. You can find myself at Pat Smash Good, and you can find Adam at Fom Tulery TCG. Now, Matt Rogers, we have one more little piece of business uh, to close out this podcast. We ask every guest to, uh, to participate in our outro. And what we do is I say until next week. And then in unison, all of us go, we're closing the combat chain. Is that something that I can, I can get you to participate in? Yep. I'm sure I can add to that. Can I, can I actually just do one last shout out as well? Absolutely. Um, the floor is yours. Well, one last little plug. Um, so Fab with Matt uh, on Channel Fireball, we have a spoiler. So um, we've got a spoiler for Dynasty. Uh, it's going live on Tuesday, November 1st, EDT. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, you'll be able to find that at at, um, uh, at Channel Fireball under the articles, Flesh and Blood section. Um, we'll be putting that up. I'll also chuck it up on the on the fan page as well when it goes live. Um, but yeah, please, uh, uh, yeah, tune in for that one. We we, we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, so uh, I'm going to say until next week, and we're all in uh, in unison. We're closing the combat chain. All right. Thank you again, Matt Rogers, for coming on uh, to the podcast. It was a real pleasure. This interview was fantastic. I appreciate your time. Uh, we're huge fans here, and uh, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, but well, that, thank, I, honestly, uh, yeah, just just thank thanks to you guys for inviting me on as well. You guys do amazing work in the community. Uh, please keep doing it. You're a very uh, organized and consistent podcast. Um, so uh, yeah, just honestly, pleasure is all mine. Oh, uh, thank you so much alright <laughs> that'll do it for us this week and uh, yeah thank you so much uh, until next week we're closing the combat chain there it is oh it's the best one yet oh 
Thank you so much. That's lot, perfect. Man. Perfect.